Live from Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Talking Motorcycles, the radio show that covers the world of motorcycles and motorcycle racing. We're here to entertain you, inform you of new products, and enhance your love of motorcycling. Road race, flat track, touring, scooters, vintage, you name it, we discuss it right here on Talking Motorcycles. And now, here's your host, pro race announcer and third generation motorcycle rider, Barry Boone. Kickstands are up, visors are down, and clutches are out, and Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone has left the traffic light, and we are now rolling into this week's show, and I want to say a special thank you to all of you who listen, all of you who hit us up on social media. Uh, We value your feedback. We appreciate your feedback, and in fact, the truth of the matter is, on this particular show, it is being done at your request. It really is. I mentioned on a few shows back two or three weeks ago that we were going to be talking about uh, gear choices. That's all I really said, Uh, gear choices for when you tour, when you ride, when you leave the house, you know, and you're going to be gone longer than you can just can't run back if a storm comes. I'm talking traveling. And what do you wear in extreme heat? That's going to be the focus partly of this show because that's it's summer. We may do more come winter, but I don't want to spend valuable broadcast minutes talking about that. Hello, everyone. I'm Barry Boone. Uh, Talking Motorcycles is, um, of course, an Internet show as well. And if you'd like to go back and, and listen to any of our past episodes, you can subscribe in the iTunes store by searching Talking Motorcycles with Barry under the podcast section. You've got an app on your smartphone right now for podcast. You can search Talking Motorcycles with Barry. Click on the largest logo that pops up and hit the subscribe button and all 160 shows or whatever it is will uh, automatically be available to you. They won't take up your data in your phone, but they'll be there for you to click to listen. And uh, that's what the smart kids and the cool kids all do. Some of you are listening tonight uh, on NewsDaytonaBeach.com live. Uh, others may be listening at FM 93.5 AM 1150. We welcome motorcyclists one and all. And tonight we're going to be talking to those of you who have not yet toured, or maybe you have, because there's going to be plenty of information that veteran touring riders can learn from by these guests, because we do have a very powerful one-two punch lined up for you tonight. In fact, there's uh, a third punch going to come our way, I believe, too. Carl Reese is going to be on with us. He'll be calling in from the road. They are touring right now, traveling. And uh, Carl is going to talk. He's Listen, what has Carl done? Why is he special? Well, he's been on this show before. You may or may not have heard it, but... Um, Fastest time to cross the United States in an electric motor vehicle. Uh, Guinness Book of World Record holder for the shortest charging time to cross the U.S. in an electric motor vehicle. Transcontinental autonomous self-driving car record. Fastest time to cross the U.S. in an electric vehicle, period. Double transcontinental electric vehicle record holder. Fastest lap of, of a really cool track on a 125cc scooter. Closest place to the sun on earth to the sea on motorcycling in a single day. An amazing feat that we've talked about before. He is in the Guinness Book of World Records as a world-class, serious, dedicated, long-distance motorcycle rider. And Carl Reese will be joining us here after our first break to give us tips from his perspective. So if you have even thought about touring and never done it, or if you ride some touring miles, you're going to love hearing Carl Reese talk about his experiences as a long-distance touring rider. Also joining us on the show in studio is St. Augustine, Florida's um, Norm Nelson is uh, with us. He is in studio. He's ready to go. What's Norm done? Uh, Not too much. You're not going to be too impressed. He just rode a 1958 Harley uh, from the southeast U.S., one-time 
St. Augustine or Jacksonville, uh, to um, Alaska, a 1958 Sportster, uh, crossed to Alaska twice. Let that sink in for a minute. Um, did all of his own navigating, of course. Uh, wrenched on the bike when he needed to along the way, but he made it. Uh, he also is the highest average finisher of the last three motorcycle cannonball coast-to-coast -coast rides. The last time on like a 1910 or something uh, uh, Reading Standard. He also rode a vintage BMW coast-to-coast. Uh, -coast. He's the highest average finisher over the last three. Pretty much third, then second, and then second, or something like that. And I think he could have been the winner one year, but we're not going to go there uh, tonight. But he could have easily won it, but for a, maybe a technicality or something. But we're not going there. Just suffice to say this man knows what he's doing. He also has, get this, 100,000 miles at least on a Piaggio BV250 or a Piaggio uh, BV350 uh, scooter touring uh, from Jacksonville, St. Augustine to, uh, to Texas multiple times, Illinois from Florida multiple times on a scooter, a 250. So Norm knows a thing or two about minimalist packing. That's one of the topics that uh, we're going to touch on. We're going to talk about what? How many miles per day do you want to do? Um, I have a personal favorite. It's changed over the years. We're, we're going to talk about what extras do you take on the motorcycle to, to ensure your safety, to ensure your mechanical ability if you need to do something? Uh, what not to pack? How much to pack? There's all these questions. What do you do about cash and credit cards? How do you stay cool in 115-degree heat crossing the Mojave Desert, as I'm uh, doing just any time now? Uh, two lanes versus four. Gear choices. Uh, how to how to put yourself up in a hotel in larger cities, uh, which side of town, what are you going to do? We're going to get a lot of ideas. Also joining us on the show is Carl's touring partner, who's out there with him right now, Dina uh, Mastraki is what I think it is, but he is going to correct me, or Dina will correct me. She won, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the honor of, of having the most touring miles by a new rookie rider in one year last year at over 11,000. They both are uh, now traveling. I think they were in Pennsylvania last count, but who knows now. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go to break right now, get that out of the way kind of early in the show. And I want to thank Ross Myers, Harley-Davidson, and Daytona and New Smyrna for uh, making the show happen here on FM 93.5 AM, uh, AM 1150 WNDB. They are the reason we are here. This portion of the show brought to you by the Harley-Davidson Motor Company. Longtime sponsor. Three years we've been with those people. They've taken great care of us over the years, and we've loved every minute of it. We're going to talk about that a little bit, in a, in a little bit. In the meantime, though, we'll uh, pay some bills, get a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more on Talking Motorcycles. Don't go away. Bell exists to inspire and enable the next generation of boundary breakers. It is built from motorcycles and the motorcycle racing culture. They don't just make helmets, they make possibilities. Born in a garage, fueled by grease and will, guided by pure intent to encourage the world to live, ride, and thrive. Hand in hand with the world's best riders, Bell continues to enable the world's best to be their best, as it always has. Bell, established in 1954, proven and developed ever since. Find your own style and choose your own Bell helmet at bellhelmets.com forward slash powersports. 
Your ride is more than just miles. It's a mission to squeeze more freedom out of every click of the odometer. Introducing the 2017 Touring Bikes from Harley-Davidson. The powerful all-new Milwaukee 8 engine delivers 10% more torque for quicker acceleration. Paired with a new suspension that gives you more comfort and control on every ride. What does uncompromised freedom feel like? Why don't you find out for yourself? Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models. Since 1903, the Harley-Davidson Motor Company have built motorcycles that are an American standard for the world. Since 1994, Bruce Rossmeyer's Daytona Harley-Davidson and Bruce Rossmeyer's New Smyrna Harley have set new standards for motorcycle dealerships. Bruce Rossmeyer's is your source for Harley-Davidson motorcycles, motor clothes, officially licensed products, parts, accessories, authorized service, and rentals. Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson is truly family-owned and family-managed and provides the ultimate buying experience to the Harley-Davidson enthusiasts. Whether it's a new bike purchase or an oil change, Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson Associates are dedicated to delivering the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Discover what being treated like family really means. 23 years of dedication to local and regional charities has put millions of dollars back into the communities they serve. That is the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Find out more and check out exciting events at BruceRossMeyers.com. Hey, welcome back to the show, Riders Call Home. I'm your host, I'm Barry Boone. And uh, to all of those, uh, here, here's something cool. I, I meant to print this email off, but I got an email the other day from a, a uh, listener here in the Daytona region. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This was Washington State region who said, hey, I've listened to your shows forever, but I really dig the WNDB thing. The qu- tone quality is better. To that, I say thank you to our producer, Dr. Phil, who sets across from me for each and every show. And uh, a guy who says nothing and does everything. He runs quiet and runs deep, but the tone quality is because of him. And uh, they had a discovery. They said, hey, I love it. I downloaded the app to my smartphone, which I could Bluetooth to in my car. So when I travel, a lot of times now, I listen to WNDB, and, I, and this is so cool. I've learned to really appreciate this afternoon guy, Mark Bernier, who has like a 25-year show um, here at WNDB and who is, I think, the best local talk show in America, and it should be national, but I think he just loves right where he's at. I think he's very happy to be uh, killing it here at WNDB, but also this station is so cool. I mean, everything MRN does out on the NASCAR tour can be found here. So, and that was his point. He said, I've, I've been using the app to listen to MRN on WNDB and I live at Washington state. So thanks. So I'm like, Hey, you're welcome. I dig it. I hadn't thought about that, but it's true. Let's bring in our first guest on the show here tonight because he's patiently waiting and uh, looking at me like, Hey, when am I going to get to say something? He's my good friend from uh, now St. Augustine, Florida, kind of, uh, Norman Frederick Nelson, Norman, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Barry. Glad to be here. I built you up, but I didn't actually tell them everything. I mean, when you add in all your wins in vintage motorcycle racing at Daytona International Speedway over the years on the Norton Max and others, um, your accomplishments are rich. Um, what would be your one-liner or your one thing if, if a, let's say you have a friend who rides and they've ridden for four or five years or maybe a lifetime and they're pretty good riders, you call them accomplished, and they say, you know, I've been thinking about doing some touring, Norm, uh, what would be the first thing you would recommend they do? 
Well, I think uh, having a motorcycle that's reliable is important, and also having the right riding gear. Um, I remember early on in my Navy years, I bought a Honda 750 when they first came out, and I went down to Winston-Salem from uh, up in the D.C. area and uh, didn't have a rain suit and thought, hey, no problem. It was summer. By the time I got to Winston-Salem after a good heavy rainstorm, I have had hypothermia. So uh, I always ride with the right gear now, and it's uh, it makes it more fun. I've read articles that you can get hyp- hypothermia at 60 degrees in the summertime uh, in wet conditions. That's correct. Which is kind of crazy when you really stop and think about it. Yeah, Norm, I'm moving a couple of these mics. I can't see you for the maze of WND mics between us. Um, you are here partly because out of the goodness of your heart but the reason i ask you to be here is because to me you set a new standard like a lot of people and i'm going to have i'm bring our other guests on folks here in a moment because they're they're in the queue and uh, waiting in the green room the luxurious green room wherever it is it's imaginary in my mind it's it is green and it has wine and beer and fresh shrimp and stuff i'm picturing it but i don't really think that's the situation but they're waiting i can't wait to bring on carl and dina um, Norm, you've proven that you do not need an 1800 Goldwing or a K1600 GT BMW or a Harley Davidson Ultra Classic, uh, to do coast to coast long distance touring, having done it on so many small CC machines. What's the secret to that? Patience, preparation, what, uh, prior preparation prevents poor performance. So yeah, just, you know, time distance, just with a smaller machine, smaller engine. So you, are you telling me you kind of rethink? reset your brain and your throttle hand to compensate and you get into a different pace and mode you definitely have to you have to be uh, uh, happy with the speeds that whatever you're on will do and you know with the safety factor and uh it's all fun i'm i've you know having ridden a couple cannonballs and we ride the vintage motorcycles sometimes 100 years old you get used to running at 40 45 miles an hour but it's still a time distance event and it's all about being on the road barry yeah, and so getting on a BV250 and leaving uh, St. Augustine, Florida for where you used to live um, at uh, Crescent Motorsports uh, Ranch? Yeah, and- uh, motor, um, yeah motorsportranch.com uh, is what it is. Uh, Jack Farr out there southwest of Fort Worth built this great facility. Yeah, and so I've ridden from Florida there and back six times on the BB250. And, and that's I-10 pretty much busting it most of those times, isn't it? Just out there going. Yeah, I-10, and then I take Mobile from Mobile. I go up to Jackson and I-20. But, yeah, when you're on the interstate at a smaller vehicle, you really have to be watching as I'm a retired pilot, and, you know, the 6 o'clock position is behind you, so you're watching your rearview mirror like the NASCARs do. What speed did you run the 250? You have a 350 now. You've moved way up the CC ladder, but what did you do? The 250 was happy between 60 and 70 miles an hour. The 350 can go 80, 85. But most of the time on the 250, it was 65 or so and just – just having fun. Where'd you buy your 350? Uh, I bought it from Barry Boone. Oh, no, I correction. Uh, I, I bought it from uh, Red, Ember, Red Ember Cycles here in Daytona Beach. And uh, Oh, that's a cool place. Justin's oh, a good man. Yeah, Justin's outstanding. Great, great attitude. Great guy. Really good at getting parts and uh, very happy-hearted. I like him a lot. It's a great dealership. Yeah, he's a big old guy, and you think he's going to rip your head off, and he ends up, you love him to death in the nah, 10 minutes. You know, he's he's just a, a great he, guy. He is a great businessman and a great enthusiast. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, 
Let's bring in uh, another guest on the show. We're going to get both in here in one shot, I believe. But I'm going to start uh, with Carl Reese. Again, Carl, you've accomplished so many things in the world of long-distance motorcycling. And uh, at right now, you are on a motorcycle trip. Welcome to the show, and tell us what your starting point, your destination, and your route is on that trip. Well, it's great being on the show again. Um, we're coming to you live from a cornfield in Nebraska at the moment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. Are you just stopped on the side of the road to talk to us? Yes, we are. Oh, that's yes, craziness. Uh, Thea and myself set out from Los Angeles, and we were headed to a rally up in Salt Lake City, Utah. But that's a little too close for us. So we decided to go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania first and visit some family, then do a U-turn two days later and head back out to Salt Lake. So oh, that's only about a 6,000-mile detour that you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit out of our way. Are you on the K1600 GT? I am. The bike that will not die. I've abused it. I've flogged it. And uh, it just keeps on running. Uh, Dina's with us too. Um, Dina Mastrassi, I think he said, I'm, I'm still on a learning curve on that, but I'm dedicated Dina before this show ends. I'm going to know how you say it. Uh, Dina, what, what are you riding on this trip? I'm riding a BMW XR 1000. Ooh, sweet motorcycle. That is, that is a really cool bike. That's kind of a sports standard, right? Almost adventure Uh, touring. It's almost adventure. Yeah. They call it a dual sport. And, uh, yeah, it was like going from a, a Pinto to a Ferrari. <laughs> what did you ride before this bike? Uh, F800. It was my first bike. Also a very cool bike. And I was uh, uh, I was talking with Carl earlier, and he shared a fact with me that last year was your first year as a rider. Is that true? Yeah, I got licensed June 1st, and they staged my bike outside the DMV, and I took my test, jumped on the bike fully loaded, and drove to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, and then across the U.S. Holy cow. What in the world? Why did you do that? What uh, possessed to, you? Well, um, Carl was going to do some speaking engagements, and he said we were going to ride across the U.S. Uh, two up. And I just kind of went, uh, no. And he said, what? What do you mean? You love the motorcycle. I said, you know what? I think it's time to get my own license. And then, you know, he's always wanted to see Alaska, and he said, well, why don't we go to Alaska? I said, that sounds great. If we're going to go to Alaska, let's do Prudhoe Bay. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, what's the problem? It's Alaska. You wanted to see it, but I realized what I'd gotten myself into. How many miles a day do you like to do when you're on the road? You know what? I've completely fallen in love with the motorcycle, and I a, a thousand miles really is... I enjoy it. I, you know, so usually, you know, six, 600 miles is a good day, but a, a thousand is not a problem. Okay. And I'll ask that question. Um, it's not a contest, by the way, folks. This is not why I'm asking. Part of the reason I'm asking is to prove to us all the level of um, competent motorcyclists that we have on the show here with us tonight, just because when you really think about that, a thousand mile day. Um, I've done several of them. I've never documented it. I don't do them anymore. I'm down, Dina. I like about four to 500, 400 if I'm two-laning, 500 if I'm interstating. I like to stop every 100 miles. You guys would leave me behind in your dust because I just, I'm no longer in that place, but I'm impressed with those who are. How many miles do you like to do, Carl Reese? What's your best day uh, on an average day? Um, well, you brought up a great point. 
um, you know, if I'm on two lane road, then, you know, a couple hundred miles on a weekend is plenty enough uh, for me. I, I do enjoy just tooling around and taking canyons and getting lost on side roads. Uh, but if I just have to pound out the pavement, I like to fill up the extended fuel cell, put the catheter on, and not stop until I put a thousand miles in for the day. And to clarify, folks, the catheter doesn't go on the fuel cell. Um, <laughs> it goes on the exhaust port, if you will, um, of Carl. So, all right, Norm. Um, a lot. I know a lot of times if you're riding to Illinois to visit family and friends, as you just got back from doing, only I think you drove your old '72 Chevy van, which is another whole story we won't have time for, but. How, when you're two-laning in a day, what's your, what's your goal? What's your ideal day and why? Four to 500 miles on a two-lanes. Uh, you know, it's, you've got the deer and this and that, possible uh, road construction, but uh, really maybe four to 600. I think back before interstates, most of us thought, well, 500 day was like now a 1,000-mile day. I've done True. some of those too. But, yeah, four to 600, depending on the uh, circumstances. When you get in the mountains and the twisties, it's just harder to make time. That's all. Um, we all share a mutual friend and uh, mutual products in Clearwater Lights. Glenn Stasky, a uh, great guy. And I know Carl, he's, he's done so much for you. He's done so much for me. And he's done special off-the-books kind of cool special one-off project for Norm for his old uh, Reading Standard to do the Cannonball. Clearwater Lights. Um, so talk to me about that, Carl. Uh, tell, tell us in a minute about your what, what he calls hybrid system you now have on your K1600 GT, and how good is it? Well, when we set the record in Uvalde, Texas in February for the greatest distance in 24 hours on a motorcycle, Glenn hooked me up with um, four of his most powerful lights, and uh, that put 30,000 lumen on the front of the bike. And as the setup is on it now, if I turn on high beams, which is kind of hard to do unless you're you're on a four-lane highway and you got the road to yourself. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to jail. If, you're going to jail if the state trooper's coming at you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it will it will light up three quarter of a mile broad daylight. Wow. You could see a nickel. You could see a nickel laying on the road, and it illuminates fifty yards off to the side of the road and about thirty to forty feet high up under the tree line. So you can see anything standing along the side of the road. But the opportunity to, to leave it that way is it, you only get few of those opportunities throughout the night. Um, you're more apt to pre-program the lights to set them at like a 10% during the day so you're visible. And um, one thing that we always talk about is how great the clear waters are at night um, because you can pre-program them. You can set them at 30%. And, and basically, can I, can I interrupt right there? Are, you're talking sure. about the little soft touch easy to use with gloves dimmer knob the volume control they call it on the handlebars right that's what you mean yes. by programming yes yep okay. and on my bike he has a can opener for the cam bus system on the computer which it just there's no splicing of any wires it plugs directly into the the bike's computer and i can use the wonder wheel uh, which is a scroll wheel for the uh, stock uh, controls on the bike but we always talk about the nighttime and how great they are and how you can pre-program it to be at 30% so you're not offending oncoming traffic. But one of the things I was thinking about today is how much more confident I am in the daytime um, just because I'm so much more visible. The lights just even pierce through the daylight. So I'll leave them on at 10% even when I'm driving around uh, broad daylight just so traffic can see me. Dana, do you have uh, clear waters on uh, your 1,000? 
I do. And uh, I, when I saw Carl's lights, uh, when I got my very first bike, I said, the first stop is Clearwater. I, I need those lights. <laughs> right. And you do need them. After you've had them, you feel like you're totally night blind. And you feel like you're exposed to daytime traffic because, like Carl, you were alluding to the conspicuity, you've got a set norm on a F650. Yes, F650 BMW. CS BMW. CS, yes. Um, which set are they? Darlas. The Darlas. You loving them? Oh, I love them. Yeah, they they light up the night. Um, as we get set to go to break here, and we do need to do that. Um, I, there's so many things <clears throat> all three of these guests can speak to that I think all of you and and myself too are going to want to hear about. I, I want to talk about extreme heat first. I want to get right into that when we come out of uh, break, As after we come out of our break. I want to talk about extreme heat. I want to talk about hydrating. I want to talk about gear choices. I want to talk about day versus night. And I, I want to talk about that amongst, a, I really hope to get to about six or eight topics for the good of our listeners here, because it's not often anywhere in this world uh, that you could sit in front of the fireplace or the TV and read a bunch of different books and articles, but there's nowhere else I know of where we could go and get tap into this depth of true touring knowledge by such fine individuals. And oh, by the way, I don't know if I told you this or not, but coming up maybe next week is the uh, recent, most recent Iron Butt winner. Jim Owen is going to be joining us and we're going to we're going to extend that conversation out to uh, a little more extreme, but I've asked him too to speak to all of us about how to begin touring and and how to how to develop yourself and your gear choices and what you pack and what you do as a touring rider. I I don't know. Hope you like it. I kind of think it's really really cool. Uh, it's kind of funny for me to say this now, but this portion of the show was brought to you by Clearwater Lights, and I swear I didn't bring it up for that reason, but this is their quarter hour. So, Glenn, I hope you're happy with that, but I know everybody completely spoke from the heart on that. I want to also give a shout-out to uh, Sweet Marley's Cafe and Bakery, located in beautiful downtown Daytona Beach. When you are in town for Bike Week or Biketoberfest or perhaps uh, the Daytona 500 or any NASCAR event, you want to be sure if it's time for coffee and some snacks great home-baked goods you need to go down to sweet marley's it's a cool cool place in a beautiful part of town and i just love it there's several motorcyclists that hang out there and actually uh, tammy and ed the people that own and manage the place they actually ride too so they're motorcyclists like you and i all right we're going to break because i can't wait to come back you know it's it's like hurry up I, I love all of our sponsors but this is one of those shows i almost wish we could just blow right on through it and just pick brains all day we'll be back in just a moment don't go away Dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle U.S. and the only motorcycle tires made in America. With operations headquartered in Buffalo, New York, Dunlop has been making and selling high-quality tires in the U.S. since 1923. With an unparalleled championship record, Dunlop race tire technology transfers directly to the street. Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. When you're out on a ride and you decide, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee, the place to go is Sweet Marley's Coffee and Bakery at 214 South Beach Street in beautiful downtown Daytona. Owned and operated by local motorcyclists, all baked goods are made fresh daily, in-house, many from old family recipes. Hand-rolled, boiled, then baked bagels, made from scratch English muffins, fresh roasted organic coffees and teas. What more can you ask for? Sweet Marley's Coffee and Bakery when it's time for a cup. 
In 2016, Toyota was again named Top Motor Vehicle Company by Fortune Magazine. TrueToyotaParts.com believes your Toyota is greater than the sum of its parts. Reputation, reliability, and longevity are the reason you bought your Toyota in the first place. Maintain that quality with True Toyota Parts. When you buy OEM parts, True Toyota Parts, you are maintaining the quality of your Toyota, and by choosing TrueToyotaParts.com, you save time and money. At TrueToyotaParts.com, your satisfaction with your Toyota is as important as your satisfaction with True Toyota Parts. They back their products with a 12-month Toyota Parts warranty and have parts professionals eager to make your experience with TrueToyotaParts.com exceptional. When you need parts and accessories for your Toyota, visit TrueToyotaParts.com. Enter promo code BARRY at checkout during the month of July and receive free shipping on your order. Be true to your Toyota with TrueToyotaParts.com. So the way I see it, you go out to buy a car and you choose a Toyota. Why did you choose a Toyota? I think you chose a Toyota because of a for longevity, reliability, trouble-free service. It's just a good car, right? And you know, if you were going to buy your mom a car, your grandmother a car, you'd be you'd feel really good buying her a Camry or something because you just know it's going to give her the kind of service that she deserves and that you want her to have. If you want a sports car, you're going to buy a Toyota. If you're going to support you, you you're going to buy it. Why? Because you believe in the quality of the product. Well, 27 years in the automobile business taught me one thing. A car is only as good as the sum of its parts and the assembly of those parts. And when I buy parts for the Harley-Davidson, I buy Harley-Davidson parts. Why? They are not any more expensive typically. They fit proper. They're designed for the motorcycle, and they just work. They're better parts across the board most of the time. It's the same in automobiles, and there's a reason why a Toyota is a little bit more money than a, a lesser car that has all the same features and size. It's because they spec for a higher grade of part, and that's what True Toyota Parts is all about. It's a way for you to order oil filters, air filters, things you can do yourself, accessories too. They have all kinds of stuff for trucks. I mean, it's all there. Parts, accessories, replacement parts, OEM parts, Toyota parts. And if you order your parts during the month of July, when you check out, there's a little promo code box. You just type in Barry, and by special arrangement, you will get your shipping paid for for free. Uh, thanks to Talking Motorcycles and True Toyota Parts. Okay, we're back to the show, and we want to talk about heat. You Going from here to California, I'm in Daytona Beach, Florida. You cross two or three deserts, depending on which way you go. I'm shocked to know that they all look different and feel different and are different. You just think of the deserts, the desert, it isn't. Um, crossing the desert in the middle of a 115 degree day is a physically demanding thing to do. I think on that we can all agree. Let's start with uh, Norm Nelson. Norm, what is your extreme heat package from how you care for your physical conditioning to how you dress for it? I like a camelback and I have a airflow bmw jacket that i've had since 2003 that's just fantastic um i always wear waterproof boots because i don't like wet feet you may even get a shower but probably not in the desert but the camel back is the best thing that i've found and to just consistently sip along the way uh, if you drink a lot at one time if you don't have a catheter you have to stop 
And so I just sip away, and it makes a tremendous difference at the end of the day with the fatigue factor. Mm -hmm. Carl, what's your go-to extreme heat? Got to get there. Got to ride 12 hours today from sunup to sundown at 115 degrees across the desert. What do you do? I would have to second um, that uh, with staying hydrated. If it's one thing that Dina, as a nutritionist, has taught me is to stay well hydrated. So, uh, you know, we we sip on water all day. Um, apple juice uh, for electrolytes and if I have to cross the desert and because I'm from Southern California um, like our trip to the East Coast we try to set out in the evening and drive through the wee hours of the morning um, and do our best to, to cross but if it has to be from sunup to sundown I have an evaporative vest um, that I keep in a Ziploc bag in my side case I take a cold bottle of water put on it and then flip that evaporative Best on. They don't work so good on the East Coast where it's humid, but um, for crossing the desert, they're great. Um, yeah, I, I do the country boy way on that. I wear a, a, a crew neck because uh, it kind of protects a little bit of the sun off your neck under your helmet. A long sleeve, heavy cotton shirt under a jacket, and I wet it down. It's kind of the same thing, I guess, only a country boy version. Dina, um, what is your go to package? And as a nutritionist, are there any food groups or food items to avoid or that are considered must-haves by you for an all-day, 115-degree heat day? Uh, absolutely, for sure. Um, you know, I believe in hydration is the number one rule of thumb, keeping yourself hydrated when you have to stop for gas. Um, my go-to is, you know, I try to drink at least a half a bottle of water during that uh, gas stop and uh, um some big swigs off of apple juice or half an apple juice. Uh, people, you know, who are diabetic and can't have the sugar, there are other alternatives for that, like coconut water, um, Gatorade. There's other things out there that are available. Um, those are just my go-to. Water and apple juice are my, my favorites. Um, and like I said, we do it at every gas stop. Uh, and just wearing a spring jacket uh, with a liner for when it rains, take the take a liner out and put it in my tank bag. Um, as far as nutrition goes, it, I, I try to stay away from sugar. So except for the apple juice, because it's replacing electrolytes and I only drink a half at a time. Um, I really stay away from sweets and sugars. I, I stick with proteins and, and carbohydrates uh, to keep myself energy, energy efficient. Um, the sugar can really take you down quick. Uh -huh, it's got a crash at the end. What about, um, Norm, caffeine, coffee, five-hour energy, is there anything you've found that actually fits into your program and, and stimulants? Yeah, most definitely. I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but I, I like a five-hour energy. Often in the morning, I might have half of one, and then the afternoon, I might have the second half, especially after lunch. What do you find it does for you? I like it because it, it doesn't give you a heavy zing up and then a heavy zing back down. It's just a nice, smooth flow of energy. And obviously, you can probably abuse that if you just start taking it all the time. So I, I'm very careful about that. And I, too, like I, I carry apples with me and salted peanuts for a snack. Uh, and some often I will have that for lunch. And I like the apple juice thing. I'm going to have to start doing that. Yeah, when I heard her say that, I thought about you. That seems like it's right up your alley, Carl. You and I talked about the whole caffeine thing, and uh, people can go back and hear your answer to that. Dina, do you use anything like what we're talking about? Have you ever tried five-hour energy on a long day? Um, no, I, I, I really stay away from those products. 
uh, I just believe I'm kind of an organic type uh, girl, and I like to stay away from, you know, sugar unless it's real, real sugar, no corn syrup. Uh, and like I said, the apple juice, I use it sparingly, and I don't like the chemicals in Gatorade, so I'm kind of picky. <laughs> well, I expected that. You're a nutritionist. You're supposed to be. Um I try to always remain glutton-free. That's one of my goals. Um, speaking of glutton-free, and I'd say that as a funny thing. If nobody laughed in here, I don't know if anybody <laughs> else got it or not. But um, when, like, I have some things I've learned through the School of Hard Knocks when touring, and something I do a, quite a bit of, my wife and I. One of the things I'll share with the group is um, when I'm touring and I'm coming to a close of my day, if I haven't booked a hotel room yet, a lot of times I use Hotwire because I get a room. I get it now. It's a three-star. It's a whatever. That works pretty good for me. I also know I'm getting a pretty good price. I don't have to call around looking for a room. It's like there, and I can book it in 30 seconds. But um, one thing I've learned is I try to book on the far side of a town. If I'm traveling south, for example, I'm not going to go through Atlanta unless somebody t- pays me a lot of money. But if I'm on I-75 traveling south, I want to get on the south side of Atlanta before I check in. If I'm going south because the morning rush hour traffic's terrible and I want to get on out there, that's one of the things I've learned. And I kind of like Clement Salvadori and Peter Egan and I all share this one thing, and I've had them all on the show, and we've talked about it, a trifecta. Not your kind, Norm, but a, a trifecta is a, a nice little affordable room with a Mexican restaurant next door where you can walk right over there and eat or a great restaurant in the in the uh, hotel itself. Uh, Carl, give us a tip. Give us a good tip that people can really get their teeth into and appreciate. I, I think that um, one thing that I could add on top of what Norm is saying, I think the, one of the benefits from those five-hour energy drinks is that there's uh, B12 in it. And Dina and I do carry um, uh, B12 vitamins on any endurance run that we do. Um, they're um, uh, chewable, and um, um, the B12, of course, is responsible for giving you energy. And um, those are in, uh, one of our little tips and, and tricks that we really haven't talked uh, too much about. But when we uh, set endurance records or we're on long trips like this, um, usually, at least once a day, uh, we'll, 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 we'll eat a, um, uh, a B12. Awesome. Um, because that's the active ingredient in five-hour energy anyway. So I may, like Norm, I may have learned something, apple juice and B12. We're going to take a break. This will be the final break in the show. Got to roll. We have so much to talk about yet. I hope you're, you folks are enjoying the show. Always hit us up on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Barry Boone. Facebook, Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. But find us. Let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't, because we want to tailor this show to all of you across the nation that listen. We appreciate you, each and every one. When we come back, we're going to talk more topics, and that's going to be in just a second. Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone at 93.5 FM WNDB, the flagship station of MRN Radio in Daytona Beach. We'll be right back.
This is Barry Boone, host of Talking Motorcycles. I believe that the majority of motorcycle accidents are preventable. The answer? Clearwater lights. Riders add Clearwater lights to see what is in front of them at night. The least expensive Clearwater lights produces a full-spectrum 2,000 lumens each. They fully illuminate the road ahead as well as the roadside. Milliseconds count when an animal explodes from the side of the road. The added benefit of Clearwater lights is the ability of other motorists to see your motorcycle in a sea of headlamps. I utilize the easy-to-install selective yellow lenses to create instant visible awareness that my motorcycle is approaching. Following an accident, how many times do we hear the other drivers say, I didn't see them? Clearwater lights are compact, easy to mount, and simple to install. The new generation technology of high-powered LEDs are fully dimmable so you can use them day and night. Clearwater has been offering award-winning service, well-engineered products, and outstanding product support for over 20 years. Learn more at Clearwater Lights This isn't the sound of an engine. It's the sound of a moment, an experience, of your heart beating stronger than ever. It's the sound of discovering more. This is the sound of the 2017 Harley-Davidson Touring Bikes taking you on an unforgettable journey, powered by the all-new Milwaukee 8 engine and equipped with a new suspension that gives you more confidence, comfort, and control so you feel the difference. Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models. Since 1903, the Harley-Davidson Motor Company have built motorcycles that are an American standard for the world. Since 1994, Bruce Rossmeyer's Daytona Harley-Davidson and Bruce Rossmeyer's New Smyrna Harley have set new standards for motorcycle dealerships. Bruce Rossmeyer's is your source for Harley-Davidson motorcycles, motor clothes, officially licensed products, parts, accessories, authorized service, and rentals. Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson is truly family-owned and family-managed and provides the ultimate buying experience to the Harley-Davidson enthusiasts. Whether it's a new bike purchase or an oil change, Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley-Davidson Associates are dedicated to delivering the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Discover what being treated like family really means. 23 years of dedication to local and regional charities has put millions of dollars back into the communities they serve. That is the Bruce Rossmeyer difference. Find out more and check out exciting events at BruceRossmeyers.com. Are you a radio talk show addict? I'm just asking. Do you listen to lots of podcasts? Do you have talk show hosts that you love? I'm just curious. Um, I do. Um, I listen to some of the best talk radio hosts in the world because I'm I'm down in the bottom 10% and I... I want to continually learn this craft. I want to be better. I want to get better. And I'm sometimes curious what you folks listen to. Hit us up on social media. Okay, we're back. Our guests are uh, Dina Mastrasi. I'm, I'm going to get a grade on that in just a moment from Dina. Uh, Norman Nelson and Carl Reese, all long-distance motorcyclists, all well-respected within the motorcycle world. Um, and pretty much have the whole gamut covered, actually, as a matter of fact, with their very backgrounds. So this portion of the show is brought to you by Dunlop Motorcycle Tire. So I'm going to take this portion of the show, or this first few minutes, just a few, to get people's thoughts on tires. Tell you my, my one thought is that one of the things I do religiously on the road before I ride a motorcycle, any motorcycle, pretty much any time, 
is I pull out the tire pressure gauge that I have on that motorcycle that I have verified against others to know it's pretty accurate. I check my tire pressures. Why? Because we have an inch and a half of contact patch in the front and an inch and a half in the back. And I want, not only do I want them to be proper, which to me is 10% overinflated all the time, I want to know that nothing has changed, that none of them have equalized a little bit because that could be a telltale sign. And uh, my final tire note, and then I'm going to turn it to the panel and get a quick thought from each of them. Um, Colette and I were riding our old 23-year-old 95 Ultra Classic Carved Evo on a trip down to Key West from Daytona Beach. And in the middle of the afternoon, we heard the most amazing repetitive uh, kind of a ching sound coming out of the back of the motorcycle that I've ever really heard. So I knew we picked something up in the tire. I just knew it or something had fallen off the motorcycle and was bouncing on the ground, but whatever it was, it was a major metal pulled off in a little neighborhood. And sure enough, we were, the rear tire was going down. And when I, when I pulled the thing out with my toolkit, which I always travel with a toolkit, I pulled that thing out. It was about a six inch long crooked metal, heavy gauge wire. And it was way deep in there and it was so heavy. It punctured that tire. I had a tire pressure uh, gauge. I had CO2 or O2 or whatever they call them cartridges. I had a plug kit because I, I always buy non-wire wheels. I like uh, tubeless tires when I tour and I was able to plug it, refill it and go right on to Key West without having to call a tow truck, which you would have had to do otherwise. So that's my tire tip. Carl Reese, your tire tip. <laughs> well, uh, I would have to say, uh, my best Dunlop tire story is how, um, when I was setting the record from LA to New York and setting the cannonball record in 38 hours, 49 minutes, I had an unscheduled tire change, uh, I needed a tire, but there were no shops open, and I ducked into Belmont Harley-Davidson in Belmont, Ohio, and they uh, quickly fitted me with a Dunlop tire, and uh, I, they got me in and out in 38 minutes. Wow. That's awesome. Just incredible team over there at Harley-Davidson, and uh, I, had to, I actually sent those guys four cases of beer uh, through a mutual friend in Ohio that hand delivered uh, some ice chests over to their team because four uh, cases wait i'll listen if you if you're ever in daytona i might be able to get you the tire change too uh, for four cases of beer that's a pretty good deal but but you know what if you get a master tech harley trained master tech working on a k6 600 gt tire change is like nothing uh that's pretty cool carl norm you got a tire story or any tire points you'd like to make to new touring riders or touring riders period Oh, yeah, no, I, I always carry a 12-volt air pump, and then if I'm riding tube tires, I, I put some ride-on in there, which may not prevent the flat, but it might get you somewhere, and then also the sticky string. But, yeah, one of my one of my that I remember is on the BV250 going to Texas and uh, going on uh, just north of Mobile to pick up uh, a, a highway up toward Jackson. Uh, and I'm always watching. I know Carl, and by the way, I'm, I'm very impressed with, with Carl and Dina and uh, congratulations on all your successes, and Dina, for being a new rider and, and putting the miles in. And I like your quiet professionalism and, you know, safety and success is definitely your, your trademark. So congratulations. Um, but, yeah, I picked up. A, I, I noticed uh, I was riding on the BV, and it was evening, and all of a sudden I felt a bump. And I thought, well, it's not hadn't gone down yet, but I uh, got to the hotel that night, and uh, sure enough, the, checked it that night and I had picked up a really nasty piece of metal and, and was able to use the sticky string and, and 
plug it and make it all the way to Texas. When you used your little, uh, that, that little uh, compressor you're talking about is probably not any bigger than three or four packs of cigarettes and it plugs into the cigarette lighter or a power port. Is that it? Correct. Okay. Uh, that's pretty cool. Dina, do you have any tire stories you want to add or can I ask you another nutritional question? Uh, well, I, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, since I've just been riding for a little over a year, I don't have a lot of tire experience or knowledge and, and all of the things that I have learned and the detriments to tires have come from Carl Reese. And, uh, you know, I make sure that I have my tire gauge and I know, you know, what my tires should have in them when I check them. And he taught me to, you know, look at the tires when we're at the gas station, just take a quick glance to see if everything looks good and, and look at the tread and pay attention. So, no, actually, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> well, yes, you do, because the best the best ex- tire experience is that it just rolls and keeps air in it and goes well. That's that's the goal, and sounds like that's been your experience, which I like. I'm happy to hear that. Um, my two rules of thumb on two things related to this very, very topic is this. Um, I want to um, – I want to – when I get, get – to, on my way to the hotel, I want to fill up at night on my way into the hotels because I know my first tank tomorrow is going to be the easiest. I can get 150, 200 miles. That's, for you guys, that's nothing. For me, that's pretty good. I can get those miles with ease on that first tank, so I don't want to have to stop for fuel. So I fill up on the way in at night, and in the morning I do really two things. Um, I, uh, I check tire pressures while the uh, tires are cold, and I check the motor oil cold. A lot of people like to check them hot. I prefer to know where it is cold every time on Harleys. That's easy enough to do. They give you a cold and a hot mark. Uh, I want touring tips. Uh, Carl, Norm mentioned a moment ago that he prefers waterproof boots. I'm guessing you wear waterproof pants when you wear waterproof boots. Yeah, if I can, sometimes okay. I'll have a, a rain suit lower with me. So I'm in a dilemma on that because if I don't want to stop and put my rain suits on, now my waterproof boots fill up with water, and it takes three days to get them dry because they, they don't let water in, but they don't let it out. Carl, do you wear like a perforated vented or in the hot summer months, or do you wear waterproof boots? Yeah, I, r- right at the moment I'm testing some gear for first gear. Um, it's the same stuff I wore down in Texas on the track, and it's um, – kind of a unique design i can talk about a little bit it's not going to be available till this fall but um the pants and the jacket are vented in the front and they have some um, d3 armor and the boots come from them as well and um, they're vented however they've made the system so um, the rain gear can be put on on the outside in a rush so it can be zipped and fitted to the inside of the jacket and the pants but then um if you just have it in your tank bag, uh, everything slips over and can be zipped up on the outside to make everything watertight. But I don't care for um, uh, wet feet either. Gotcha. I think Harley Davidson has some technology like that as some of their riding gear. It's got zip off panels in the front that are real easy to zip on and off. I've seen it out there. I haven't tried it. So you wear waterproof boots and you want to stay dry is what you want to do, right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Dina, how about you? Same thing. Uh, absolutely waterproof boots nothing worse than cold wet feet (laughs) what do you do with your extra motorcycle key dina because i know you're a smart girl and you don't travel with one motorcycle key do you (laughs) unfortunately you may have just taught me a lesson all right how about (laughs) you carl travel with two for now (laughs) okay carl where's your extra key to your motorcycle (laughs) um you have just taught me a lesson barry norm where's yours Uh, lesson taught Okay, gotcha. I I don't leave home without it. In fact, what I do is I carry it. If the luggage, some of my bikes have uh, aftermarket luggage, and if they use a different key, 
then I have an extra key to the luggage stored in one of the compartments on the motorcycle and I have the extra motorcycle key stored in the trunk or the one of the saddlebags that you know taped with gorilla tape or something but okay cool I, I actually had information that somebody learned something from I'm super uh, excited about that so Carl Dina Norm I'll start with uh, Norm when you got time to tour and you're enjoying it and uh, this I say to anybody who's thinking about touring uh, in their immediate future, do you combine other interests you may have? Like we, we try to plan some stops in some key cities sometime where we might enjoy things. Like you're a naval aviator, retired Delta pilot. Do you, do you incorporate any other of your interests into your tours at all? Or do you just go there? Uh, usually I'm going somewhere. I try to pick roads that I like often off uh, the main interstates but um i just enjoy being on the road there is a zone that we all get in when we're especially the long distance riders that is it's almost like being in heaven you just your mind goes free okay carl you and dana ever do that when you're touring well when we're touring uh we try to get off to the uh like norm said get off uh the main main path and we kind of seek out bakeries or we're kind of foodies so we look for good restaurants gotcha. when we're setting records we're doing it for a veterans charity okay. it's called the motorcycle relief project and they take veterans on five-day therapeutic rides that are suffering from post-traumatic i'm glad you brought that up and, or other injuries so um it's totally free to the vets and nobody in the charity takes a paycheck love it i got so, two i got about a minute left here dina um same thing. Do you ever, have you guys, have you ever done some touring where you hit some of your hot points and included some other interests in your life in your motorcycling? Yeah, it, I, you know, I love the back roads. I love animals. You know, I, I, any little, these little quaint towns that you roll into, that's, that's what it's all about. Finding something you haven't seen before and, uh, you know, it, it's just enjoying to discover something new off the beaten path yeah so you just enjoy nature and all the things you see out there i get it man time is running out thank you norm thank you so much appreciate you you're welcome good job barry dana thank you i really appreciate the surprise uh, you're the surprise of you being a part of our program thank you <laughs> thank you for having me on and carl thanks for everything thank welcome back and hope to see you again soon very soon Anytime. Thank you, Barry. All right. Those are our guests for tonight. Now, let me talk to you people out there that might have been listening to this show and thinking, honey, do we want to try to ride to Oklahoma or somewhere? Two up touring on a motorcycle is one of the most awesome things a couple can do. Um, just make a plan. Sit down with Google and figure out where you'd like to go. If it's one night on the road or two or three or whatever, make yourself a plan. It's summer. It's time to do this. Make a plan, go have fun, stop and see some things along the way, and enjoy the uh, entire process of motorcycle touring. I'm Barry Boone. Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone can be found on iTunes and everywhere else. And we thank each and every one of you for listening to the show. I can't thank my guest enough tonight. I think it's just awesome to have these good people on the program. All of you that listen, ride hard, ride safe. And have fun. Don't ever forget to have fun and be, and be safe. And ride hard, too, sometime. Enjoy. 